a registered investment advisor. Financial planning services through Andover Advisory Group, a registered investment advisor. Cambridge and Andover Advisory Group are not affiliated. Cambridge does not offer tax or legal advice. WCCM Salem. News at the top and bottom of every hour, 1110 a.m. at 102.9 FM HD2. Eagle News Radio. Fox News Radio. I'm Dave Anthony. This is not what a busy street should sound like. But it does around Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I'm heartbroken. It's my home. This is where I grew up. About 10,000 people are in shelters and more could be. There are entire neighborhoods that are still inaccessible. So once again, search and rescue uh, is about to start ramping up for the day. Uh, last night, we went out with crews as they were trying to navigate through the flooded streets. Fox's Will Carr in Baton Rouge. Times are also tough in Lower Lake, California, where a wildfire is barely contained. Well, we lost three vehicles and our shed and our carport, and we're trying to save our home. The flames have burned down at least 100 homes and forced thousands of people to evacuate. It's the morning after a second night of protests in Milwaukee, angry over a deadly police shooting. Fox's Jeff Manasso live at a burned-out gas station. Dave, things are calm here on Milwaukee's northwest side, where the wreckage of a torched-out gas station and vehicles are lined with police tape, with Milwaukee officers and sheriff's deputies standing guard amid a second night of violence here, with shots fired, rocks thrown, injuries, and arrests. What I can say to the black community, we need to get back to, hey, I care about you, you my neighbor. You don't have to take. You don't have to destroy. Adasa Cuomo and her heartbroken neighbors saying there's a better way to protest the shooting death of a 23-year-old suspect who police say raised his whole stolen handgun first. Dave. Jeff, a Muslim group will post a $10,000 reward today in the hunt for whoever murdered a mosque leader and his associate in New York City Saturday. How would a President Trump battle ISIS? He'll detail his strategy in Ohio today. That will include replacing nation building with what some Trump aides are calling foreign policy realism. He's also expected to propose an ideological test on issues like religious freedom for anyone trying to enter the United States. Fox's Kristen Fisher, Fox News Radio, fair and balanced. Hello, folks. I'm here with former Dallas Cowboys quarterback Danny White, and we're talking about home safety. Now, I've heard you've been working with Safe Streets USA to come up with an offer to help people protect their homes. That's right. Our mission is to ensure that everyone receives the protection that they need. We're offering a brand new home security system absolutely free. Kind of hard to beat free, right? <laughs> so tell us about monitoring. Well, you get 24-7 monitoring for burglar, fire, and medical emergencies from ADT, the number one home security company in America. Professional installation is only $99 and monitoring is about a dollar a day. The first 20 callers to order will receive a $100 Visa gift card. So call now and we'll help you protect your home. To get this special offer, call 877-905-4810. That's 877-905-4810. 36-month monitoring agreement required. Certain restrictions and early termination fees apply. Visit securitysystemnow.com for licensing terms and conditions. Danny White is a paid spokesperson for safety. Trending at 1103 on Eagle News Radio 1110, I'm David Martinez. A statement from the Massachusetts Department of Health reads, We are aware of the serious allegation and are investigating in line with our state and federal authority. This was in response to a contention that the patient's kidney has been mistakenly removed at St. Vincent's Hospital in Worcester. A statement from Tenet Health, which owns St. Vincent, affirms, quote, This is a deeply unfortunate situation involving a patient misidentification that took place outside our hospital and did not involve our employees, end quote. According to a report by CNN senior medical correspondent Elizabeth Cohen, this kind of surgical error is referred to as a never event by the agency for healthcare research and quality or one that should never occur and is indicative of serious underlying safety concerns. Cohen makes reference to a study that concludes that such errors occur approximately one out of every 112,000 surgical procedures. For more information on this and other local news, visit EagleTribune.com and listen at the top of every hour. For Eagle News Radio Newsflash. The most listened to talk show in America. When women got the right to vote, when it all went downhill. The man who defined and then redefined talk radio for a generation. Barack Obama is president of the United States today because of stupid, ignorant people. The only thing between you and eight years of Hillary Clinton. I admire her. She's got more of a backbone than any man in the Democrat Party. And he does it with half his brain tied behind his back just to make it fair. The first and last great American radio talk show 
is right here. Uh, when I when I hear Bill Clinton's name, I can't help. I just start channeling the guy, and I, I can't help. Look at Democrat parties going to be really, really sad when I'm gone because I'm the glue holding them together. The New American Revolution meets here. The Rush Limbaugh Program, every weekday afternoon starting at noon on Eagle Radio 1110 and 102.9 FM HD2. That's why I couldn't wait to get out there. I'm Al Franken, and I approve this message. Hi, this is Lisa. Hi, this is Leslie. Join us on Tuesdays at 11 a.m. for our new program called Valley Girls. A show about fashion, fun, beauty, and life, and just about everything in between. We'll feature great talk, guests, and a whole lot more. Join us at 11 a.m. every Tuesday right here on Eagle Radio 1110. It's going to be a wicked good show. If your doors are open, you should be advertising. People are shopping all of the time, and if they don't know about you, they'll buy from your competitors. Learn more. 978-683-7171. Radio is the medium to... The civil authorities have issued a required weekly test for all of Connecticut, all of Districts of Columbia, all of Delaware, all seven one Eagle Radio gets results. That's 978-683-7171. And make your product or service top of mind. That's 978-683-7171. America's wounded warriors are coming home. After serving on foreign shores, these brave men and women are returning to their families and communities. Many have wounds you can see, and many have wounds you can't see, like post-traumatic stress disorder. Now that these warriors are back home, they are ready to enter the civilian workforce. To help, Wounded Warrior Project has developed the Warriors to Work Program a career counseling service that helps warriors translate their military experience to the civilian workplace. These extraordinary men and women bring proven world-class job skills and a unique perspective on teamwork to the job. And to ensure the right warrior finds the right job, Wounded Warrior Project works with employers to find just the right match. When you hire a wounded warrior, you hire an intelligent, talented, and committed new employee. Contact Wounded Warrior Project at findwwp.org. Welcome home the brave. The following is a paid program. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the host and the guests and are not necessarily those of WCCM or its sponsors. All I said was, don't do the blog while the show's on. Send me a memo, let me know what the official thing is, what the apologies, and stand Well, I think this is going well. <laughs> you would add him with the Elvis and the, the Charlie Wrangle, like a Halloween party gone ugly. I miss in the morning. Weekday mornings right here on Eagle Radio 1110 and 102.9 HD2. Eagle Radio. Hi, this is Ben Brayshaw. And my name's John Ryder. And I'm Seth Crossman. And we're partners in Brayshaw Financial Group and hosts of the new show, Money on Tap, which airs Thursday from 9 to 10 a.m. We are going to have a good time breaking down the flavors of investments, insurance, and fee-based planning in what we refer to as three-dimensional investing. Some of our guests will include well-known attorneys, CPAs, and Social Security experts who have spent their careers dedicated to these arenas. So join us Thursdays from 9 a.m. to 10 a.m. for your money on tap. I'm Mike Ellis from the Eagle Radio Weather Center. Another fairly hot day today. Close to 90. Upper 80s. Mix of sun and clouds. Uh, very, very warm to hot day. Partly cloudy tonight. Low 67. And tomorrow, clouding over with rain and a thunderstorm in the afternoon. High 83. Weather on to by the foundation for a better life. Winston Churchill's words stirred his country in the face of defeat. Today, they inspire us to reach for our own victories. Commitment. Pass it on. From the foundation for a better life at values.com. For Eagle News Radio, I'm Mike Ellis. Think carrying 10 or 20 pounds of extra weight isn't much? We went to a park, handed 10 and 20 pound sandbags to people age 45 to 60. 
and asked if we could follow them around. Ten pounds makes a big difference. I'm carrying this around? It's an eye-opener. A few extra pounds each year can cause joint pain and lead to serious chronic diseases like diabetes and heart disease. Kind of makes me want to cry because I think this is the amount of weight I need to lose from my body. <laughs> it's not funny. I don't know why I'm laughing. And a lot of those aches and pains we blame on aging could actually be caused by extra weight. I feel it in my legs, mm -hmm. my knees, um, now my back. This is a lot of extra weight to carry around. It really does creep up without your knowing. You would think that it wouldn't make that much of a difference, but it does. It really, really does. Wouldn't you like to drop that weight and stop picking up more? Visit hhs.gov slash one pound at a time to find out how. Because while obesity happens one pound at a time, so does preventing it. I think this is a life changer. Brought to you by HHS and NIH. MyCleanPC.com presents this sports flash powered by SB Nation Radio on Eagle News Radio 1110. Two Patriots were injured during yesterday's practice. Rob Ninkovich tore his triceps according to multiple reports. It is unknown how long he will be sidelined for. No surgery is necessary, however. Julian Edelman also left practice after feeling numbness in his foot. He is recovering from foot surgery. The Red Sox beat the Yankees 5-3 yesterday. Rick Porcello picked up his 100th career victory. He is now 15-3 this season with a 3.40 ERA. Things got tense in the seventh inning when Jackie Bradley threw out Chase Headley at third base. Headley then walked towards Porcello on the mound, causing both benches to clear briefly. Game two of that series is set for tonight at 7-10. Nathan Evaldi will start for the Yankees. Speed up your slow computer. Start with a free diagnosis from MyCleanPC.com. I'm Matt Harab on Eagle News Radio 1110. If you run a business, plumbing, HVAC, or construction, you know that some vans are too small. We're going to have to make two trips. Others too big. Watch the top. Watch the top. That's where the Mercedes-Benz Metris comes in. With unmatched safety features, a 2,500 two-pound payload, and enough cargo space to hold over 60 sheets of 4x8 drywall, it's big enough for the job. Yet it's small enough to fit in your garage. It has a service interval of up to 15,000 miles and the highest residual value in its class, according to ALG. During the limited-time Metris Summer Savings event, save $3,000 on all 2016 Mercedes-Benz Metris models. Mercedes-Benz. Vans born to run. Offer valid only to qualified customers for purchase or lease of eligible 2016 Mercedes-Benz Metris vans. Cashback only available on the purchase or lease of a 2016 Metris van from new dealer stock. See your authorized Mercedes-Benz vans dealer or mbvans.com website for full offer details. Offer ends August 31st, 2016. Fox News Radio, I'm Paul Stevens. A second night of violence in Milwaukee after an armed black suspect was shot and killed by police. On Saturday, one police officer taken to the hospital after he was hit with a rock. Police also say another person was shot and an, an armored vehicle, a police vehicle, escorted him out of here and took them to the hospital. Fox's Ridge Edson in Milwaukee, where the police chief says body cam video clearly shows the suspect holding a gun and refusing to drop it. The officer involved in the shooting is also black. Record flooding forcing more than 20,000 people into evacuation shelters in Louisiana. Four people were killed. Much of that water is now going to move off of lawns and roads into creeks and bayous, and now those are expected to swell and flood in the coming days. Foxes have been brown in Baton Rouge. Fox News, we report, you decide. From the Fox Business Network, Honeywell is close to buying a business software company, JDA, which helps companies, including Walgreens and Advance Auto Parts, to organize supply chains and merchandising. The Wall Street Journal says half of Honeywell's engineers are working on software. Twitter is reportedly working on a deal with Apple TV that could eventually allow you to watch streamed NFL games through Twitter on Apple. The New York Times says since April, Twitter has signed a series of live streaming deals, including with Wimbledon, the NBA, Major League Baseball, the National Hockey League, and others. There's a merger in the cable business. The Wall Street Journal says RCN and Grande Communications are being sold to private equity firm TPG for two and a quarter billion dollars. Demand for broadband internet service is increasing. With the Fox Business Report, I'm Ginny Cosola. 
Not available in all states. Whoa, what do you have there? It's a Reese and Irvy's frozen yogurt. We just had our robot make one. A robot made your frozen yogurt? Yes, the world's first fully interactive robot vending machine that serves nine flavors of delicious yogurt with six amazing toppings. And it's available for an exclusive franchise opportunity. How do I get my own Reese and Irvy's robots? It's easy, but you better act now. Locations and machines are going fast. Just go to FroYoFranchising.com and enter promo code 3737. That's FroYoFranchising.com, promo code 37. Come with us on a journey into the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable. We will test your senses and challenge your beliefs. A world where science and religion clash. Or do they? You will meet real people and hear real stories, but you will not believe. You will witness strange sights and hear strange sounds, but you will not believe. This is the New England Ghost Project. Welcome to the Good morning, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Ghost Chronicles Morning Edition, right here on Eagle Radio, 1110 AM, 102.9 HD2. Still catching my breath. I know. We need a demonologist for uh, the rotary. We do. We do. That rotary project. I left 20 minutes early. Okay, so that's on top of what I would normally allow for, and it was ridiculous. I still had to go around. Had already heard some things on Facebook this morning about what a mess that was over there today. So anyways, uh, joining us, uh, he is with us? Yes. Okay. Uh, Joining us now is a gentleman who originally, uh, well, he's got a, a long, long past in the paranormal, and he's a demonologist. He's a farmer member of the Ghost Hunters. Uh, he is the uh, uh, founder of NEAR. And uh, without further ado, uh, Keith Johnson. Good morning. How is everyone? Good. How are you? <laughs> Good. There's terrible traffic, isn't there? Yeah. Can you exercise that for me? Or... <laughs> I, w- I would like to be able to. I don't know. I think I'd have to do that from a uh, chopper in the sky. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's funny? Uh, Keith, is that I took a, a course in uh, Reiki, and uh-huh. one of the things they, they taught us is that you can use Reiki to change traffic and get more fuel mileage in your car uh-huh. and all kinds. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. That's wow. I, yeah. So, I I mean, I've done it, tried it a couple times, like, uh, you know, on, on long trips to use, I, I call it the Jedi mind trick, but uh, whatever. <laughs> but we need that, that's for sure. Yes, really, really do. So, so Keith, uh, what's happening with you? Uh, are you still busy? And I, I know you have your uh, TV show. Yes, yeah, Ghost Go, Near. Ghost Near. Yeah, yeah, we're still doing that. And uh, yes, we've been uh, very busy lately. There's, there's always something going on, you know, mm-hmm. going on in the community, and you know, appearances too, and things like that. So, we always seem to be doing something. There never seems to be enough time, you know, at the end of the day. Keith, is there a busy season on demons, or are there, are there flare-ups? Do they end up in certain? I mean, do you, do you get like just spates of them, or, or how does actually, this work? Yeah, actually, we do. And really? um, yes, you would think you would think it would be on Halloween, um, but uh, because the veil is supposedly thinnest then, but uh, actually, it's not. I mean, Halloween is very busy, of course, but uh, actually, the busiest time is from. Uh, uh, Christmas until Easter. Really? That, that is, uh, yeah, especially the the turn of the new year, the especially around America. around New Year, late December, early January. That's when we're always extremely, and throughout January, I'm not sure exactly why that is, but mm-hmm. uh, that does seem to be the time when things flare up the most. Uh, things become extremely active uh, late December and throughout January. You, so that's actually our busiest time of doing cases. Do you think perhaps it has something to do with winter itself? I said dead of the winter in, in jest, but, I mean, people are in home more often at that time. You know, they're more stuck inside yeah. their houses, so they're a more a captive audience, if you will. Uh, yes. So you, you may, you know, I'm, I may have something to do with that, or may, maybe it's, it's so damn cold outside the spirits decide to want to go in where it's right. warm. <laughs> yeah, and and I, I think you have a point. I think it is because people are part of it. Is because people are at home, they're indoors, and uh, so they're experiencing more. 
And also, I do think it's uh, kind of a bleak of midwinter. Mm-hmm. People's um, psychic defenses are down. You know, people there's there seems to be more depression during the darker months. You know, getting less less uh, vitamin A and everything from the sunlight. And mm-hmm. so I think it's because it's darker, the nights are longer, and it's just people are huddled together, and it's a combination of all that. I think depression tends to flare up mostly around that, that time of year. So uh, mm-hmm. probably, probably for those reasons, that does seem to be our busiest time of year. It's also interesting, too, because that is in the Christian calendar, of course, is between the, the birth of Christ around Christmas and then into his death. So religiously speaking, you have that aspect as well. Yes, yes, I do. That's that's exactly it. So, you know, when people uh, celebrate in the, uh, in the Christian calendar mm-hmm. and, um, and also uh, things, of course... Uh, do seem to peak uh, around between between about uh, 1.30 in the morning to like 4 a.m. I think mm-hmm. that's when the activity seems to peak, especially between uh, 2.30 and 3.30 a.m. That's when you get uh, most of the activity and, and people feel mostly oppressed. That's when people feel very, very vulnerable. Now, now I had heard about that time period that that is the the Antichrist time period, in that Christ died between two thirty and three o'clock in the afternoon. So at three o'clock, two thirty to three o'clock in in the evening is when the uh, the Satan or, or the devil's time. Yes, they call that the high noon of the demonic, and uh, plus the. Uh, traditional witching hour is 12 midnight mm-hmm. to 1 a.m. But uh, the um, actually it's a kind of a uh, slam against the time of the crucifixion. Mm-hmm. Uh, they'll, the demonic will do the opposite. They'll do the opposite, which is, of course, 3 in the morning. And um, also things tend to come in 3. Activities come to 3 in 3, and that's a kind of a, an insult to the Holy Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Right. So uh, things will definitely tend to come in threes when it's that kind of a severe demonic haunting. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Lou, I'm kind of dominating the conversation. I'm sorry if I have. But, all right. Uh, no, no problem. But, uh, you know, you've also been doing this for a long period of time, and, and, and one thing that a lot of people don't know, I mean, the, the Warrens get big credit for the uh, Andrea Perron case, and, uh, mm-hmm. and it was actually you guys that did, did the first initial investigation there. Uh, that is correct. It is uh, was our our case originally. We mm-hmm. were the first that had contact with the uh, family with Andrea's Andrea's fair family, and we were the first to go to the farmhouse, and that was back in the early 1970s. And we investigated. We were the first investigators on the scene, and we did experience a lot of phenomena. Now, mm-hmm. how Ed and, the War- Ed and Lorraine Warren got involved is because we were good friends with them, and we called them for their advice, like, what would you do in a situation like that with your years of experience? And they said, well, we'll do more than advise. We'll come down and we'll get personally involved. And, uh, of course, then the um, the movie portrays that the that Carolyn Crone goes and asks them for help after a lecture. But that's actually not the way it is. But mm-hmm. Hollywood, you know, does tend to uh, change things around and the some people believe that what they see in the screen is exactly the way it happened. Right. But, they uh, actually have uh, the Warrens involved in the, uh, the uh, uh, what's that case, the Mongoose one, the Enfield Poster Guys, which they were never, ever involved. Uh, so the, in The Conjuring 2 that came out, and uh, they were never even involved in that. They, were, they never had nothing to do with it. So, yeah, it's Hollywood. Hollywood is Hollywood. Yeah, Hollywood does a lot, and uh, it's, it's similar to when the uh, 1967, when um, Bonnie and Clyde came out, it made them look like kind of Robin Hood, like uh, exciting uh, yeah. careers in crime and everything. Which that's that was not not the way it was at all. That mm-hmm. was a you know it was a terrible time in American history. It was through the uh, terrible depression, and uh, they weren't robbing from the rich and giving to the poor. They were robbing from the poor to give to themselves. You know, <laughs> I mean they're they're just regular. You know, small town gangsters that, uh, because of the carnage, the uh, killings that went on, they got very big publicity. And because they they like to take a lot of uh, Polaroid pictures of themselves, and they left the negatives behind for the press. So that's you know made them very romanticized. But that's that's an example of how uh, 
movies portray things and versus the actual history and everything. They, yeah. have, they have to make it more interesting. Thing. No. That kind of leads me to my next question where I was going, Keith. Uh, all we know, most of us who aren't dealing with demons on a day-to-day -day basis have get our impressions of what they are, how they manifest themselves, how they're part of our lives through the movies. You know, mm -hmm. most, yeah. notably, most notably Ghostbusters. <laughs> yeah. But, oh, yeah, that's right. No, the but, exorcist. Right. I would say exorcist. Yeah, actually, yeah. So, yeah, the exorcist. Yeah. So do demons yeah, we, walk among us? What form do they take? I mean, are we, are we living with them on a day-to-day -day basis and not really knowing it? Well, yes, I, I do believe that we are living with them on a day-to-day -day basis and uh, that we're not really aware of how, how much their presence is, how much their presence abounds. Now, that doesn't mean that uh, every single house is demonically infested and every person has an attachment, you know, not, you know, far from that, far from that. To actually experience, uh, we'll get telltale signs, but to actually experience outright demonic activity is relatively rare. And you'll, you'll get glimpses of it, but to an all-out siege, demonic siege, uh, that that is very rare. And that's actually what the Brown family was going through in Harrisville, Rhode Island in the 1970s. They were uh, going through a full demonic siege. They were actually under attack. And uh, when somebody's under attack, that's uh, intended to break them down. The demonic strategy is to break somebody's uh, willpower down, their resistance, really, really break them down. And how they do that is through the oppression stage. Now, there's actually, um, there's actually four stages. There's, uh, of course, the infestation. That's when you notice something is there. It seems like a regular, what people would call a regular haunt, like mild poltergeist activity, things moving here and there and hearing voices. But then it gets into the second, which is the uh, uh, oppression stage. The oppression stage is when uh, you uh, are being really, really worked upon, that uh, things are, it's like a brainwashing technique. Horrible things are happening, but nobody believes you. That's the demonic strategy to get somebody isolated, make them feel as alone and misunderstood as possible, like the church abandons you, which happened in the Harrisville case. The uh, church actually abandoned them. Uh -huh. And... Uh, of course, then there's obsession where you cannot think of anything else but this. It's just dominating your life, and and of course the um, this is, you know fortunately this is relatively rare, but uh, there is the uh, possession stage when somebody is actually taken over by a spirit. Very very rare, but that is um, mm -hmm. often the goal of the demonic, really to destroy your life. Right, and it, it's difficult, but. Uh, if you look out now, especially in, in like in England, where they never had many cases of, of demonic activity, but uh, even in the United States, it seems to be a rise in it. Is that more because of the TV shows that are out there now, that everything is, is not just ghosts anymore, it's, it's demons? Or, or is there a rise in, in demonic activity? Well, I, I do seem to see a rise in demonic activity. Um, there seems to be more and more cases being reported, but it is also because of the media. We have mass communications. People see this on television. They see it in the movies, and so it's not not like it was many, many years ago where people just would not talk about this at all. Mm -hmm. A lot of people see these things, and they say, hey, I'm, I'm going through something similar. Uh, maybe I can be helped to, through this because I see that uh, mm -hmm. these families have clergy called in, the priest comes in and does an exorcism, and uh, everything's all right after that. Mm -hmm. Of course, it's usually not, not as simple as that. No. Uh, <laughs> so do you think even that this, these shows and, and, this, and this attitude is actually creating more demonic activity? In other words, they, they put the clients or, or the, the people in a state of mind where they're more open to this type of activity. Uh, yes, yes, it could, because people get paranoid, and they get very, very afraid. And, um, you know, also, I, uh, kind of one of the, the most discouraging aspects of this is uh, there's a lot of uh, fakery involved and mm -hmm. sensationalism and everything like that. And, you know, I, as an ironic twist, it's a very ironic twist, if somebody is uh, faking this and saying, oh, we've got demonic things going on, and they set up their house and everything, so people will come in and experience, you know, that's, that sometimes can be a money maker, but very ironic. A very ironic aspect is by doing that. Sometimes you uh, attract mm -hmm. attract demonic activity. One thing there is there's the uh, law of attraction. 
uh, where the demonic spirit is actually being attracted. And uh, there's the law of invita invitation, of course, when somebody actually does a ritual where they invite a spirit in. But there is the law of attraction. Now, if you're going around talking about demons, there's demons here and everything, you see all these things happening, you might actually uh, attract them by doing that. So uh, that's, uh, that's kind of an ironic twist to that aspect of it. Hmm. It is. So I want to go back a little bit to your early life. And, and how did you get involved with TAPS? Well, my brother Carl and I had been uh, involved in this for many years, and wasn't a constant thing, but uh, we were pretty involved in it, uh, always involved in the inhuman spirit aspect. And in the um, early 1970s, it was actually 1972, my brother Carl and I attended a lecture at Rhode Island College. Mm -hmm. Ed and Lorraine Warren, of course, the advertised the seekers of the supernatural they were speaking so we thought this would be pretty interesting to go see them uh but they also especially ed talked about the demonic aspects very very much and uh he asked did anybody anybody have an experience with this and of course my brother raises his hand and he gets up and he becomes part of the lecture the first part of the lecture because, you know we, <laughs> we ironically we we had um we had experiences in our house mm -hmm. here and there that did seem demonic in nature so um, we became good friends with Ed and Lorraine Warren after that, and we uh, were invited to join a parapsychological group in at, on campus at Rhode Island College. Mm -hmm. We were invited to speak there, and then they invited us to join, and that's how we came to be in our first official paranormal group of investigators, and that's the group that Carl and I were in at the time we were contacted uh, with the Harrisville case, the Prone family. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but how did we? How did you end up with Taps? Is is what gets it? Oh, okay, with Taps. Well, yeah. it was um, quite a few years after that. Of course, this is uh, back in the 1990s. Mm -hmm. I happened. My brother and I were um, toying with the idea of forming uh, our own group, and so I was doing an inter internet search to see who was around, and all of a sudden I came to this little website, uh, very nice website, but it was very, very small, mm -hmm. didn't have a lot on it. It said uh, the Atlantic Paranormal Society, and if that sounds interesting, I wonder, see, it's run by this guy, Jason Hawes. So I looked it up, and he's based right in Warwick, Rhode Island. He's, you know, like 10 minutes away from me, and I said, oh, my goodness, I, I've got to contact this guy. Right. So we we contacted him, and uh, we, my brother and I met with Jason. We became good friends. It's like, where you been all life? You know, <laughs> we need you for our group. And so we were invited to join TAPS. And, and of course, uh, some years later, the TV show came about. And um, I hope people who are Ghost Hunter fans realize that the uh, organization was going on for quite some years before it became a TV show. So it wasn't always, uh, you know, the big deal like it was. We had to pay for all our own equipment, oh. do our own transportation and everything like that. Mm -hmm. We didn't have the uh, studio vans and everything like that. And in fact, um, our first, uh, I guess you could call it the first TAPS van, mm -hmm. wasn't like the Black Beauties they have now. It was it was an old van that didn't have any back seats and uh, had plumbing equipment rolling back and forth <laughs> on the uh, floor of the van. So every time you took a corner, there'd be a uh, PBC pipe going around and stuff like that. So, so yeah, that's uh, humble, humble beginnings, very, yeah. very humble beginnings. But that's uh, how we became involved, and uh, we met good friends like uh, mm -hmm. Brian Hanwar and uh, Stephen Gonzalez and um, Grant Wilson, of course, mm -hmm. Jason. And uh, we'd, we'd be out almost every week. Every week, practically, we'd be out. Wow. Uh, this is years before the TV show, but the, things were even very busy back then. Mm -hmm. You know what I, I find funny is because is I remember seeing you on the first couple of uh, years of the show. I think you were on two years, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. Yes, we were and, on the first and second season, yes. And that was that was pretty cool because I'm a good old Catholic boy, and, you know, to see you guys working and everything, that was that was decent. And um, then you left the show, and it it became less of about demons and stuff. And now it's kind of like going first uh, full circle where – you know, more most of the hauntings now are more demonic and you know evil than it was, and they said that's when they needed you guys. <laughs> right. <laughs> yep. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And uh, of course, you know, it's, it's a it's a trippy, tricky subject. You know. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> no, it, no, it is a tricky subject because uh, the demonic is uh, it is very real. 
Uh, I personally know it's a very real aspect. Anybody who's really dealt with it knows that, what a reality it is. But uh, it's very difficult to translate that on screen. It's uh, because it's very. It can be very, very disturbing. It's a heated subject, and because um, then you go the the opposite route where and then, and I always, of course, wind up saying this. This is one of my pet peeves when people go provoking a spirit just to get a reaction, yeah. and they'll yell out these insults and everything. Oh, that's, I mean, that is that is so unprofessional. It's terrible when they start insulting a spirit. Mm-hmm. And uh, the thing is, they wouldn't do that. Most people wouldn't do that if they knew they, what they were talking to. But uh, mm-hmm. unfortunately, true. some pe- some people do know what they're talking to, and they do it anyway. I mean, yeah. that is uh, that is just you know the ultimate in, in disrespect and and very very dangerous. It actually, uh, I don't think most people who um, watch the TV shows realize just what a real danger, potential danger this is. Mm-hmm. These spirits have the wisdom of the ages. They're uh, they're eons old and. Um, they, you know, you can't really second guess them, and you have to play by the rules. And uh, just yelling at them to get a, you know, insulting them to get a reaction is not playing by the rules at all. Well, uh, Keith, we actually have to take a break right now. Can you hold yeah. on for, and, and sure. join us afterwards? Oh, great. You're listening to Ghost Chronicles Morning Edition right here on Eagle Radio and TojiNet and AstroNet Radio. And we'll be with uh, Lou Blasi and Ron Kolick. And our special guest, Keith Johnson, will be right back after these messages. Feel the need to do some soul-searching or make some changes in your life to create a more positive future? Then Circles of Wisdom is just the place for you. Circles of Wisdom is a metaphysical bookstore and more, located on Route 28 in downtown Andover, Massachusetts. We carry a large selection of books and music, crystals and gemstones, jewelry and gifts, sage, aromatherapy, and so much more, all in a relaxing and welcoming atmosphere. We offer classes on a variety of topics like yoga, Reiki, psychic development, alternative healing, and personal transformation. For guidance on this journey we call life, get a reading from one of our many readers at Circles of Wisdom, 90 Main Street in downtown Andover, right next to Bertucci's. Call us at 978-474-8010 or check us out on the web at www.circlesofwisdom.com. Lots to see and do in a feel-good place, an oasis in this hectic world. Are you seeing a ghostly apparition every time you look in the mirror? Are you terrified to realize that that pale, lifeless, lack-of-energy form hovering before you is, in fact, you? How would you like to be transformed? Healing begins from within, and it's never too late to start feeling good. Are you curious? Interested? Good. Don't wait another minute. Visit transformyourlifenow.org or contact Maureen. The email address is maureen at transformyourlife.org. Chronicles here on Eagle Radio 1110 and uh, 102.9 FM HD2 and Tojinet. You can give us a call at 978-687-8005. Talking with uh, Keith Johnson from NEAR, New England, what is it, New England Anomalies Research. That's kind of cool. Fascinating conversation. Yeah, I'm enjoying this. Keith, I wanted to ask you, because right before the break, you got into this a little bit about uh, having an idea what we're dealing with with demons, and I'm always a little bit unclear about this because there seems to be uh, different classes or different species among the spirit world. These aren't former, uh, these aren't people who have had earthly lives, right? There's a whole different hierarchy going on here. Is it organized at all, or are these just random demons? Well, that's that's um, that's a very good point because it is very organized, um, much more, I think, than most people realize. It is a very highly organized system. And it is a class system. It's very much like military. There's the commanders, there's the leaders, the masterminds, and it goes down to different levels, uh, right down to the foot soldiers. And I would say an analogy, the foot soldiers are what most people are actually dealing with when it becomes a demonic case, a demonic uh, infestation. But... Um, this is all being orchestrated. What you see, what you experience is kind of like the, it's, it's, it can be horrifying, but it's also the tip of the ice, iceberg. And it's kind of frightening to think about 
that you have these higher up spirits that are um, kind of organizing the pandemonium. Well, they've got uh, very organized spirits that are higher ups, and uh, they're they're behind what these spirits do. They are the ones that uh, control these spirits, and they'll organize where they're supposed to be, what they're supposed to be doing, and who they're supposed to be attacking. And of course, obviously, these um, the foot soldier spirits—they can think for themselves. If they see an opportunity to attack, they'll sometimes take it immediately. But uh, an actual infestation is very organized by things we don't see and uh, very, very um, organized structure. It's a whole spiritual world that most people are not even aware of. And uh, we're only, we're, we ourselves are only aware of it because of scripture and um, ancient writings. And the, there's this... Um, really really a hierarchy there's the uh the devils now the devil of course it's the same in the angelic realm and uh, angel of course there's archangels there's uh principalities and powers uh dominions thrones and so on the uh, choirs of the angels as they're called but the um orchestration the actual ones are that are in charge are often the uh, principalities and powers. Now, there are angelic beings that are principalities and powers. There are also fallen angelic beings that are principalities and powers. And these spirits actually can, tr can control entire cities and entire districts. Um, now, I'm not saying that everybody's walking around in a zombified state and everybody's possessed, but this is very, very hidden. It's very much behind the scenes that you have uh, demonic involvement, even in, in politics. So it's, and, like, uh, it's like demonic influence. Exactly, exactly. That's exactly what it is. It's demonic influence. Now, that doesn't mean to say we don't have free will. Of course we do. And um, if we get uh, certain politicians or even certain candidates that uh, seem to be saying bizarre things, it's not that they're, they've got something whispering in their ear telling them what to say, but there is a matter of influence. And um, I think people in authority have to be very, very careful about this uh, because they could be uh, influenced by by really dark entities. And um, it, it's very, very highly organized class system, but it is the principalities and powers that are controlling a lot and have jurisdiction. jurisdiction. Uh, they can't make somebody go out and do a mass spree uh, shooting, but they could possibly influence different events that might possibly lead up to there mm -hmm. and and of course we are very responsible ourselves we have free will we have free choice that's one of the uh most precious gifts we're given by god we're actually given our minds where we can make free choices either for good or bad mm -hmm. now i know that i have a, a book that's it's a real old old book and it's huge and it's got all the names of the demons and devils in it and uh it's it's quite extensive which is interesting but if there are so many out there why do they tend to well i shouldn't say tend why would they for instance i i know several cases where people are extremely religious and yet they end up with you know demonic activity or uh or attempted demonic activity. Why do you think that happens that, to people that are extremely religious? Well, it's not just people. I mean, of course, uh, doing divinations such as with the uh, witch board or the mm -hmm. Ouija board, that um, or automatic writing, that of course can call in spirits. That's the law of invitation. But mm -hmm. again, this is very, very highly organized, and if somebody is very devout and very religious, sometimes they will be attacked just because of that. And that doesn't mean they deserve it. They haven't done anything to deserve it. But, I mean, horrible things happen in the human realm uh, from innocent people that don't deserve it. So that goes on in the spiritual realm as well. Uh, some people who are very uh, devout, very religious, uh, roadblocks will be put in their way. And uh, to a certain extent, obviously, God allows this, and there is free choice in the spirit world as well. But uh, a great example is uh, St. Paul, of course, in the Bible. Um, of course, you know, he's a great saint, uh, miraculous works, but uh, he was, in, I mean, incredibly, incredibly persecuted during his lifetime, 
and he was attacked demonically uh, quite a few times. There was um, he Saint Paul in the Bible speaks that uh, Satan hindered us from our travels. Um, Satan uh, gave me a thorn in my flesh. Um, Satan is uh, an oppressor. Uh, Saint Paul does talk about that a lot. How terribly oppressed he was often at times by the demonic realm. Mm-hmm. Or more recently, uh, Padre Pio, of course, has uh, recently been canonized. Uh, Padre Pio was a stigmatist. He had the works, the uh, wounds of Christ in his hands, and um, which would bleed afresh on holy days. Very, very painful. Uh, he was very, very oppressed. And in fact, Padre Pio, uh, sometime in his uh, ministry, he actually was visited by his old confessor. Now, this is very strange, but he said he was visited while he was in the monastery by his old confessor, who he hadn't seen for many years. He was surprised he was still alive. Mm-hmm. And uh, his old confessor started telling him, you are wrong, you, you have to stop confronting these demons, you have, you have to stop doing this, this is terribly wrong. And he became very suspicious because his confessor had never spoken like that. So Padre Pio then asked, um, Father, will you say the Lord's Prayer with me? Instantly he vanished. Instantly his confessor vanished, and, and there was left a stench of sulfur behind when he van- vanished. Uh, so um, obviously that was a demonic spirit appearing in another form. Right. I mean, we think about it. I mean, you know, we, we talk about, you know, devout Catholics or devout religious people being uh, influenced by by demons. Or If we think about it, I mean, we talk about Jesus Christ, and he was tempted by the devil three times, according to the, the Bible. So if uh, God's son was tempted, uh, we certainly, uh, you know, are, are tempted to be influenced by demons and the devil, then, you know, we're not much more special than that. Right. That's a good point. Very good point. Mm-hmm. Um, Jesus was tempted uh, three times in the wilderness by the devil. Uh, mm-hmm. Personal confrontation. And um, Satan left him for a season, but Satan was returned and was uh, very much over his ground. And uh, Jesus, um, of course, during the Last Supper, uh, of course, uh, we all know the story of the Apostle Peter. He's uh, saying, Lord, I will, I will be the one to fight for you. I'll, mm-hmm. I'll even go to prison. I'll even go to death with you. I'll be willing to. And um, Jesus says, uh, well, actually, Satan is asked to have you. He's asked to have you. Uh, and Jesus knew that, that mm-hmm. Satan had asked permission to have the Apostle Peter so he may sift him as wheat. And, of course, Peter did deny Christ three times, but uh, Jesus did tell him, I have prayed for you and you will also strengthen your brethren. So, um, you know, it does, uh, sometimes if somebody leaves a, a virtuous life, that's uh, a reason they will be, um, they will be attracting the demonic, mm-hmm. and not, not their own fault. But, of course, I do believe that God provides angelic protection, too, and that you will become a stronger person for it. Now, that's, um, even uh, investigating, even investigating, if somebody is a regular investigator, uh, if there is such a thing as a regular investigator, but say there's a par- paranormal investigator and they start getting investigating the demonic realm, mm-hmm. um, they're going to be uh, visited. They're going to be, uh, in some way, the demonic will let them know you're going too far and we're aware of you. Uh, it may encourage them to keep on in this route, but they have to tell them. They have to give some sort of sign that uh, you have crossed the line. We are aware of you and you're being watched. And then they have to. Even if it's three knocks on the door, something like that, and nobody is there. The demonic has a uh, cosmic law that it has to tell somebody that it is uh, coming to uh, watch them. They're being watched, watched and possibly oppressed. Hmm. That's interesting. Now, I wasn't aware of that myself. And, uh, hmm. yeah, that's, that's really... I mean, so all these people that are, are doing paranormal investigating now, are they in danger or from, you know, what's out there or... or should they not be concerned at all? Well, I think there is the uh, the potential danger. It's like going out in the wilderness and you're uh, taking pictures of wildlife. You're you're camping out overnight, and but you have to have to realize that at certain areas you have to respect the situation. There is potential danger. There are grizzly bears out there. There are venomous snakes out there. And I think it's the same in the paranormal realm. It's uh, a very, very fascinating field. Don't get me wrong. It's extremely interesting and uh, to explore the wonders of creation and that there's a spiritual realm as well. But I think somebody should be aware that there is danger here and that it does cross over into the non 
human realm and that you have to treat this with respect. Mm-hmm. And if it is a situation where a paranormal investigator is experiencing something that seems to be a little too heavy, this is beyond the human realm, they should contact somebody, well, either stop or if they want to keep investigating, at least uh, read into this and ask the advice of somebody that, that has been in, into it in a number of years. And um, I can say that about myself simply because, you know, I made mistakes. I made all the mistakes and everything like that. Uh, I didn't have somebody, I was close to Ed Warren, but I didn't have somebody really there on hand to guide me when I went on cases. Um, so I learned by studying, intense studying. I, I read scripture, but I also... Um, did a lot of mistakes too so somebody who's been through it for years and uh, like myself or my brother Carl my wife Sandra or um, John Zaffis good friend of ours um, and John and I had a lot of similarities uh, growing up even before we met each other and of course John Zaffis is uh, Ed Warren's blood nephew mm-hmm. and yes. in fact Ed took him under wing because uh, obviously uh, his, his twin Ed Warren's twin sister was uh John's Zaffis' mother. Mm-hmm. So, um, John said, gee, I'm going to start exploring this, whether you're with me or not. So I'm not getting into trouble with my sister. I'll take you on my wing. So Ed, mm-hmm. uh, Ed uh, actually mentored uh, John in a lot of ways, simply to keep him out of trouble. Right. And, uh, you know, it, it, the funny part about that is when I first, first started years and years ago, uh, there was a little rift between them because I remember being on the, seeing the websites where they would disown each other actually, mm-hmm. uh, and of course they've mended their ways since then. But I mean, it goes to show we are just humans as well. And, oh yeah, yeah. And so anyway, um, what I, what I was oh God, I just lost my truck there. I hate that. Keith, tell us a little bit. When does the average person know they have a problem? There you go. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, we're right. just going about our lives. How do we know that that, that we've got an issue here? Well, when um, it seems to be something, uh, sometimes you're having a run of bad luck or things are becoming um, very coincidental. Uh, there is such thing as uh, synchronicity, a uh, little understood factor in people's lives, where something will be a coincidence, uh, something you'll be thinking of a number, suddenly you'll see that on a TV screen or a billboard, you'd be thinking of a certain person, suddenly it will uh, appear somewhere. And it, But that's when it's, when it's becoming obsessively so. And um, when you're starting to uh, miss things, cherished, but they're really cherished items, and sometimes they turn up in bizarre places where they, they, they wouldn't have been, when you feel that there's really, really uncomfortable situations where you're being watched, you really don't feel like you're alone, and again, the go back to the Harrisville case, that's what was happening to the mother, Carolyn. She was feeling that she was really, really um, being watched while she was in her her 18th century home, which they just bought and moved into. But then bizarre things started happening, really, really bizarre things that could not be chalked up to coincidence. Uh, For example, a uh, sickle in the barn. She was in the barn, suddenly flew off a wall and just missed missed hitting her in the head. And She was that, and that. That's a sign that somebody doesn't like you. Yeah, and, uh, I can tell. <laughs> right. She was she was peeling an orange once, and blood spurted out of it. She naturally thought she'd cut herself, and mm-hmm. uh, she. This is in front of her family too. So she looked around, and there was no cut. So she she fainted when she saw the blood happening, mm-hmm. and um, just uh, knocks. It's knocks are coming. The threes. You hear your name called, and then you start seeing things. First, it's out of the corner of your eye. And uh, you see a shape go by, and uh, of course that could be attributed to shadows. But um, then some things start appearing to you, and you really, after a while, you realize, you know something. Something's getting my not just getting my attention; they're out to get me. This is mm-hmm. this is personal. So those are little things that when you feel that these things are adding up, you should really at least ask or contact somebody who knows. And um, and of course there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of other things that this could be attributed to, and. Uh, if I can, you know, plug a friend of mine's book. For oh, a absolutely. Moment. Yeah. Uh, my friend David Match, and he has written this book uh, some years ago called There Are Ghosts in Our World, But Are They All Real? And he really gets into uh, topics such as what, what else could this be other than um, a supernatural occurrence, such as 
And we look for this. Of course, Sandra and I and our group, when we're on investigations, we, we do take these things into account. Is the client on medication? And we don't mean to get really personal, but we, we do need to know this simply to rule things out right. um, under a doctor's care. And uh, even a simple thing like um, are you, when you're uh, sleeping at night or you're getting into bed, is your in fact, I'm looking at my digital clock right now across from me, and it's pretty. It's uh, at least a few feet away from our bed. Mm-hmm. A lot of people um, have the snooze control, and they have their digital clock right next to their head, oh, you know, right yeah. next to the bureau, and that will cause uh, sometimes it's um, you know temporary. It can affect tempor- temporary lobe epilepsy. Yeah, it's high and, EMF, extremely yeah, high yeah, EMF. Yeah, exactly, high EMF electric output. Mm-hmm. And uh, that can give somebody the, it doesn't mean they're epileptic, of course, but mm-hmm. it can, even the average person, it can give them, um, it's not the healthiest thing to be sitting next to an electric device and sleeping next to it. It can give you a feeling of paranoia. Are you being watched? And uh, Sandra is very, very knowledgeable about that, so she goes mm-hmm. into into depth about that. But there are things like, yeah, obviously infestations of critters, and uh, we went into a house once, and uh, we found out that this house we had been called into it, but it was it was certainly infested, but not uh, not by spirits. The clicking, the tapping they were hearing was was uh, termites and mice. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and there was an older woman wanted her independence. Her family would come to visit her like twice a day, but she really wanted to live alone, mm. and so. Um, Lisa, Lisa Duolabi, is a member of our team, and of course she's a uh, animal vet tech. And uh, finally, uh, this woman wouldn't believe her. She uh, took a mouse car- carcass that she found downstairs that looked like it was alive because it was writhing with maggots. Oh. She <laughs> picked it up with a piece of cardboard and showed her. She added, "This is what's going on there. Uh, the wood pile." Sandra said, "The wood pile sounds like it's alive because it was clicking with termites, and uh, mm. that's what the noises were." So. Fortunately, we did have a meeting with her family, and uh, they said they were going to really bring in, the, they're going to change things. Mold, mold, terrible, terrible thing. Mm. They had black mold. Well, some of the mold looked like it was actually sponge-like on the ceilings and the walls upstairs. Yeah, good. Like, very, that can cause hallucinations, right. too, and uh, great sickness. So, Keith, I, all I, these I things, tell you this, we're almost out of time. Yeah. <laughs> oh, really? Already? <laughs> yeah. I, it's fascinating. I, I'd love to have you back on the show again because I had a couple more questions for you, too. But you'll also be with, with us up at uh, Spirit Quest this year as well, right? Yes, yes, indeed. And uh, we'll be talking about this very subject. Oh, excellent. And uh, if people want to get in touch with you, how could they do that? I go to nearparanormal, N-E-A-R, paranormal.com. That's mm-hmm. our website. Or okay. just look up Keith and Sandra Johnson. We're very available. And anything else coming up for you, events or books or anything? Well, we're um, going to be talking, uh, I'm not sure the exact date, but it will be also be in December. We're talking at Dighton Rock in Massachusetts. Oh, cool. We'll be speaking there. And, of course, uh, New England... Uh, the Comic-Con, Rhode Island Comic-Con is coming up in November, so we'll be there as well first week in November, first Excellent. weekend. Nita, just a quick answer because someone in our Tojinet chat room is asking, and yeah. Ron's talked about this when you go out and you should always protect yourself. Do you have a go-to prayer for protection or a protection procedure? Yes, uh, Ephesians, the book of uh, Ephesians in the New Testament, uh, six chapter six, book of Ephesians, chapter six, talks about the armor of God. Very, very effective. Yeah, we like to use the uh, St. Michael's Prayer. Yes, that's always effective, too. Well, Keith, thank you so much for joining us today. It's been really interesting. And like I said, I could have talked to you for another hour. God, that was good. So we'll do it again. (laughs) I look forward to seeing you uh, in September, uh, September 24th, I think it is, up at uh, Spirit Quest. So thank you so much. You're very welcome. You can take care of yourself. Yeah, bye now. That was fun. He's pretty good, huh? Yeah. Yeah, I'm looking forward to meeting him up there. Yeah. Uh, I, funny story, and I know we only got about a minute left. And we were talking about high EMF. Yep. When I first doing doing first did this show uh, years ago, uh, this woman used to always call in talking about the one eyed aliens in her kitchen. Really? Yeah. She says you got to investigate my house. It's you know it's it's got these one eyed aliens in the kitchen, and um, so she kept calling in the show. And so eventually, I said, you know what? Uh, she only lived down the street, believe it or not. Yeah. So I said, I'll come in after the show. So we went, and she lived on the third floor. And I came up there, and I had my EMF meter. And that thing was off the chart. Really? The one-eye aliens were just uh, naughty knots in the naughty pine paneling. But that 
apartment was so loaded with EMF, and, and you talked about how Keith affects yeah. our brain and everything. That's exactly what happened. Wow. Yeah. So, anyways, we want to thank uh, everybody for tuning in. I apologize for being late this morning with that damn traffic circle. And tune in next week when uh, Roxy will be back. And, Lou, thank you very much. See you next week. From goalies to ghosties, long-leggedy beasties, and things that go bump in the night. Deliver us, good Lord.